This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach James. the Negro League Podcast. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to morebettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10%. We're also sponsored by Down East Records. Go to downeastrecords.com or go to Down East Records on Instagram. The homie Matt Barube. Shout out to him um, for your vinyl needs. He has some really, really fly shit. He ships very reasonable prices. Upgrade your record collection. Thank you for getting me that copy of Life After Death by Biggie. It's a sealed copy at that. So I've been trying to get that on vinyl for a minute. Appreciate the homie looking out. My voice is a little rattled a little bit because um we had the Super Soul Cinema uh, viewing <laughs> this past Saturday of uh, Disco Godfather with Rudy Ray Moore. It was very dope, very fun. Thank you all for coming out. Um, Shout out DJ Saxana for DJing with me, playing some 70s, uh, uh, you know, disco shit. I had some fly shit, too, that I was playing. I was playing some ridiculous shit that makes me kind of yearn for the day that I can have shit in Columbia, South Carolina, where you just play some records. Like, like you know, like, you don't want to overthink it. Like, niggas be trying to have all this dumb shit with it. Like, oh, we got to do this and dress in white and blah, blah, make fuck all that. Let's just play some records, man. And just say, fuck it. Can I play some records that's not, you know, top 40 shit that you hear on the radio? That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want. Like, I want to have like a fucking Christmas party, but my place is like so small. I got to give motherfuckers like, the coming to America speech. Like, I must warn you, <laughs> right? I think we're going to record an episode of um, uh, the Thelonious Drunk podcast in here. We're going to have a few people in here. By the time y'all hear this shit, it'll probably be out or be a few days after that. But, you know, I love my place. Like, if you guys seen pictures or seen my videos, but it's just mad small and make a nigga want to, he want to host a goddamn Christmas party, nigga want to have some more space, right? But, um, but nah, my voice is, is, is running low because I've been screaming at the screen during the movie the whole time. And I gave everybody that warning. When we did the first Super Soul Cinema on my birthday, we saw the movie uh, Super Soul Brother. But the real name of the movie was The $6,000 Nigga. And, you know, I gave everybody this speech before the movie, like, yo, this is intended for us to yell at it, have a good time. You know, this isn't an Oscar caliber movie or no shit like that. Um, and I think there's a friend of mine, she showed up. Drove from uh, Atlanta and and she didn't hear the speech and I didn't know she was there and she texted me the next day like yo was that you that was <laughs> giving commentary the entire movie I was like yeah <laughs> right but everybody was doing it so I'm not even trying to blame on everybody but I'm like maybe you just didn't understand the vibe of the spot because this is something where it's just having fun so I think the next one we're gonna do hopefully be like February or something like that I want to do some kung fu shit so get some of the Jim uh, Kelly shit. Uh, uh, Black Belt Jones shit um, and play some fly stuff. But um, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, I'm trying to get back in the groove of things, right? Because I think it was, it was a while before I was getting these podcasts up and running. Um, be honest with you, man, this shit, it's a lot to do it, right? Because especially like, you know, 
when you want to have people to do the podcast with and interview people because niggas be getting lonely and shit. Like, I don't, like, I'm in a room by myself talking. Like, that shit, you, you just have to trust that niggas is listening. And and it's therapeutic, but at the same time, like, you know, when you don't be feeling like nobody's hearing that shit. Like, I joke every episode about two listeners, and maybe it's three or four now. I appreciate it. Thank y'all so much. Hey, mama. But that shit is a lot. You know what I'm saying? You be pouring your heart out and be hoping niggas be listening. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I just have to have hope and faith that that the work is going to pay off, right? It's like you you hope that one day that when an opportunity pops up and someone's like, oh, this nigger is really great with his voice and, and, and he handles himself so well, let's give him a job. But is there any evidence of how he can be? I'm like, yo, here's the podcast. Here it goes. So I'm hoping something like that happens and a nerdy guy, not a nerdy guy, a, nut, a nerdy guy calls me nigger and gives me a job. So that'll be fun. Um, but... Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to slip off the motherfucking bandwagon with this shit because I, I just want to have a place to vent and talk shit mostly. And I've been writing notes down. Let me see. Let me see the notes that I've been writing down because like I just get these thoughts this past week um, of stuff that's just like irritate me. Right? I give you an example of a note. Right? Here's here's one of the notes. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Like you know, I be going to Trader Joe's. I'm gonna give you some true game. Go get some of the honey crisp apples for like two ninety nine, and then get the motherfucking. I need to go get some after I'm done with this shit. Get some uh, motherfucking cookie butter, nigger. You put that shit on, man. It is the greatest shit on the planet. So, I go through a motherfucking bottle of that bottle, a jar of that, like with the quickness, right? And the reality of it is this. You be walking around Trader Joe's and any of these other places. Uh, uh, what's the other place called? Like Whole Foods. And you'll see all these like signs for all like the meat they got. And they'd be like, oh, cage-free meat. And, and uh, what do you call it? <sighs> Whatever other terms they give it. But they'll be trying to make it sound all sweet. Like, oh, you know, these animals live the amazing life before we kill them so we can eat them, right? Like, I always think that shit is, like, hilarious to me. It's like, we just have this guilt trip that we just, you know, look, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to put some barbecue sauce on you, but I want to make sure you had a good life eating grass. You had fun eating grass? You had fun on this fucking farm before I murdered you and put you on a plate? It's like, if you really give a fuck about if it's cage-free, just don't eat it. Like, like, be a vegan. Go for it. You know, shout out to PETA. Let me stop. So that was something I just had in my phone that I just thought was really, really funny because it's just like, you know, we're the only people that go through that whole thing where we try to make ourselves feel better about something we're going to murder and put on our plate, um, which is kind of funny because I was watching this thing on um, Inside the NFL, uh, not Inside the NFL, but uh, True Sports with Brian, with Brian Gumbel. Mm-hmm. I think Brian Gumble is like one of the greatest uh journalists and sports that I've ever seen. And I, and I have to apologize on behalf of black folks because we were really nasty to him. Remember he was the butt of all the jokes. He'll watch like the Wayne's brothers and Marlon and them be trying to make fun of Brian Gumble. Like he's some type of like, I don't know, like he's some type of uh, uh, some wigger ass dude or something like that. But then you think about it and, and the Wayne's brothers do movies like white chicks. And I'm like, yeah, I think this is a little bit worse <laughs> than inside sports on HBO. But I bring this up because like there was an episode that I watched. The episode was about um, the Michael Vick dogs. And, and, you know, we talking about the Vick shit. I don't know. It has to be like 10, 11 years ago where he had the, the dog fighting rink in Virginia or whatever. And so it was about this. So, so usually the, the 
I guess the protocol back in the day was like, I if there was dogs that were fighting or traumatized, especially if there were pits, a lot of times they get just put to sleep. But then they found like there was this woman in Utah that heard about it that has like this dog like farm, and she contacted the officials like, no, don't kill these dogs. Let me bring them here to rehabilitate them, you know. And so, so the the the, the judge is like, all right. White woman in Utah, wherever you, where the fuck you are, you can take these dogs and rehabilitate them. And it was a sweet story. Like it was a sweet story about, you know, these dogs getting rehabilitated, and they're showing that these pits now, this one that's in like a home, they got kids in it, and all the type of stuff, and blah 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 blah. And it was sweet. Like I love dogs. I, lo- I like dogs, right? But there was this moment where they were talking about this married couple that have one of the pits, and they were like, "We had to go to Virginia to see where the dog was," and how it's abused. And they said, oh, really? Did you bring the dog back? No, I'll never bring that dog back because we can understand the trauma it went through because of those conditions. And I'm like, I wish white people would give that kind of love and respect and empathy to black people. I want us to have just as much empathy as y'all give motherfucking dogs, right? Like, like, really, it's like if a dog is aggressive and a dog doesn't like fit well with people, and you'd be like, oh, well, this makes sense. This dog, look what this dog went through. Went through this, went through this, went through this. But if there's anything that happens with black folks, we don't look at systematic racism. You know what I mean? We don't look at uh, systematic oppression. We don't look at any of that stuff. We just like, ah, pull yourself by the bootstraps. Like, they'll never go to a fucking dog and be like, yo, walk it off. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all never MAGA a dog, right? So I always think it's funny, you know. Um, speaking of which, Fuck Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley used to be uh, the governor here, and she got herself a nice plush job with the UN, UN with uh, the Trump administration, and she's doing these interviews, bringing up the Confederate flag again. Uh, and I wrote about um, this specifically about uh, two things. I wrote about the the Emanuel Nine, and I also wrote about uh, when the NCAA came here for the basketball tournaments and how we in South Carolina, specifically Columbia, you know, the the state and the city was bragging about how much money is being brought here when the Duke Blue Devils come to Columbia and how great it is. And I'm like, man, y'all are full of shit. Everybody's full of shit. The press and the politicians are full of shit because because let's let's backtrack a little bit and I'm gonna get to this Nikki Haley story and how it all ties in. Let's backtrack. The NCAA said that they would not come here to Columbia, South Carolina, as long as we had the Confederate flag here. So there were like tournaments that we would ha- we would have had with uh, NCAA basketball that we turned down. We actually had a fucking, you know, uh, a really high-ranking women's basketball team that ended up eventually winning a championship in 2017. So I say that to say the amount of games that we could have hosted when we're looking at the amount of money that's being made from just having Zion Williamson, Williamson here – it was expected that the city made millions of dollars. So my question would be, if you reverse engineer this, how much money did the city lose because the flag is there? So in my mind, when you hear the city officials bragging about how much money is being generated because the NCAA is here, you are being incomplete. You can't say anything about this money is being made here if you're not saying why the money is being made. And the money is being made because the flag is down. And NCAA agreed to come because the flag was down. But we also have to backtrack and say, why is the flag is down? And the flag is down because Dylan Roof murdered nine black people in a church in Charleston, right? 
Like that's it's incomplete not to bring that up. You can't talk about the economic growth of of the NCAA coming in this motherfucker without acknowledging that. And so all of a sudden, our ex governor made some kind of comment. Hold on, let me get her, let me get her quote. Let me get her quote because I was so pissed off at it. Hold on, is my editor just sent me something? Uh, let's see. Nikki Haley. Man, I have my, man, hold on. Let me see what the quote is. She said, she said the Confederate flag was about service and sacrifice and heritage until Dylan Roof hijacked it. What? What? The same Nikki Haley that when she was asked in a debate, about why the flag is still at the state house. The state house is in my city that I would see every day going to work because I worked on Main Street in Columbia, South Carolina. She said, I never heard that there was an issue with the flag. I, I don't think we lost any business because of the flag. I don't think it's a problem. But as soon as Charleston 9 happens, her and all these motherfucking politicians here, we need to take the flag down and blah, 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 blah. And none of y'all motherfuckers ever said anything about bringing it down. And this coming from po- politicians here that I like, right? Nobody said anything because everybody's so fucking afraid about getting elected or re-elected and all this type of stuff. They don't want to touch it. And I just think that it was just so frustrating, especially, you know, Nikki Haley is a brown woman. She's Indian. Like, I'm not sure specifically um, how deeper it goes than that, but there's there's not like a, a lily old white lady walking around saying stuff like this. And And I feel like the black and brown issues in America are, if we're not, neck to neck they're cousins you know what i'm saying like black and brown people have empathy you know latin community black people we 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 have empathy because we we understand that and i'm like i don't understand how she can make some statements like this like the confederate flag oh it was dylan roof hijacked that and my thing is like no he didn't all of a sudden go towards this fucking confederate flag and try to make it into something else he used the confederate flag because this is what it already meant Right? Like, none of that shit makes any sense to me. But uh, I digress. Let me see what the fuck else I got on my phone. This is like my therapy session right now. Because, nigga, I was mad about a bunch of shit this week. Lord, nigga, I was mad. <laughs> All right. Random note. Okay, 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 okay. This is another note I got on my, in my phone. I get so irritated anytime you watch, like, one of these um, commercials. Like, I think it was a commercial for, like, Copper Fit or something like this, right? And it's like, you know, you got these people... They're supposed to be testifying how great it is. Like, oh my gosh, my life changed and I feel great. Blah 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 blah. And they got like a guy on there. It's so fucking funny. Like, I got a, I got a guy on there talking about how much he loves the the copper uh, back brace, right? And he's a doctor. You know how we know he's a fucking doctor because he's wearing like <laughs> the white coat and a stethoscope around his neck. And I'm like, why are these fucking commercials when there's a doctor? They got to be wearing that shit. It's like watching these football commercials. It's like, why can't you just have a football player just talking? Every commercial football player got to be wearing his motherfucking shoulder pads and shit. Like, it's just fucking like, hilarious. It's like, he must be a doctor. He has a stethoscope. All right. Let's see what else I got on my list of shit to complain about. Um, Yeah, this one. This is one that made me, that bothered me a little bit. Um, Juice World. Um, rest in peace, Juice World. 21-year-old rapper. Um... It was first reported he had a seizure on on an airplane and was pronounced dead after he could be revived. And and here's my thing. 
There's more stories that's coming out that it's a little more um, tedious than just a seizure. They think like drugs was involved. Um, but that's not where I'm going at what bothered me. What bothered me was when I initially read about the story, it initially just said, hey, yo, here's a young black man that died at 21, um, had a seizure on an airplane. And this is my biggest pet peeve. This is my biggest fucking pet peeve. And, and y'all niggas that do this shit, I don't think y'all even aware of it, but I'm going to tell y'all exactly what's wrong with this. Somebody was just like, man, you know, I'm not a fan of his music and all, but that shit is still sad. Like, yo, that is the worst, most narcissistic bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Like, who gives a fuck if you're a fan of this nigga's music or not? Right? Like, a young 21-year-old man is dead. And y'all be, I don't I don't understand what it is. Like It's like, if you would have just said just that sentence. You ever hear the quote off of uh, Game of Thrones, anything said before the word but doesn't matter? It's like, wh- why why did you say that? Uh, you know, I mean, I ain't really fuck with his music like that, but it's sad. Get the fuck out of here. Can it just be sad? And it's narcissistic because somehow you figure out a way to turn this guy's death about you, that while you're talking about how terrible it is that this guy had died, man, this is a this is a fucking editorial. Let me put this in my phone. But it's like in the process of you trying to tell somebody that this guy died, you have to comment on your fucking music taste to make it seem like, well, you know, if I shout this guy out and say rest in peace, I don't want people to think that my music tastes go towards him. So let me let me clear that shit up. Man, get the fuck out of here, man. Like if. <laughs> If Kenny G gets hit by a bus, I'm not going to be like, you know what? Kenny G went no motherfucking Miles Davis, but it's sad he got hit by a bus. Then shut the fuck up. Just don't say anything at all. Y'all niggas kill me with that shit. It's horrible, terrible, narcissistic behavior, and y'all niggas is, is just nasty about it. Nasty. Let's see what other notes I got on my phone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nah, everything else on my phone is just like rap shit. Like I'd be, you know, you'd be in traffic and you'd be having like little witty lines and shit popping in your head. Like, oh shit, let me type this in. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. It's somehow, some way I got to put it in the song. But the funny thing is too, is like, you know, the other, uh, what people are doing. Shout out to everybody with the Spotify numbers. You know, everybody got their, uh, the little Spotify artist thing, and they're like, yo, yeah, 600 million hours for my music listened to in 79 countries. Oh my God. Like, I ain't hating. Like, I swear to God, I'm not hating. But I made a joke, like, man, shout out to y'all, but I am not about to try to look those numbers up and then be like, yo, <laughs> niggas listen to 20 minutes of my music this year. Thanks. In two, in two countries, you know. So, so shout out to everybody on that. Like this is uh, the end of the year, and it's weird because it's like you know the end of the year forces you to be reflective, but the year kind of came out of nowhere. Like that shit felt like Thanksgiving was last week. You know what I'm saying? And and shit just moves hella fast. Did this Eagles game start yet? It, it just moves hella fast, and, I, and I'm trying to think. I mean, probably there'll be another episode of this pod um, when it's getting closer to. Um, you know, Jan, January 1. But if I had to think off the top of my head, the biggest things that happened this year is probably Nipsey getting murdered. That That's probably my big thing um, musically 
that that changed a lot of shit um, for me this year. It's a lot, you know what I mean? Like like for hip hop to to kind of have to turn around and look at itself, things like that, right? Where where I think that when we're talking about Juice World, I think it's a big issue where so many rappers, including like Mac Miller and a lot of people over the years. You know, this opioid shit is is real. This popping pill shit is real. And the culture has drastically changed. The lean shit is real. And I think that hip-hop needs to kind of self-police that and, and, and acknowledge that. And I was telling my friend earlier tonight, I was like, I think the problem is when the OGs and the young kids get together, the problem is that the OGs don't say shit to the young kids anymore because I think they're so scared that they're going to be left out of the process of being included on this new record because they want to, you know, they want to be on this new record. They want to be on that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a, a, a lack of schooling that's coming from the OGs with the younger generation. I think that's a big issue. And I think the thing about Nipsey too, because it wasn't a drug-related death, it was basically, you know, Jealousy within the community, and it's somebody that looked like Nip that killed Nip, and I think that's more of a an issue for me personally because, you know, how many times you watch? I'm saying we watch Fox News, but how many times you know something happens and this and and we're talking about racism and white folks doing terrible shit to us, and all of a sudden you have some bitch from like Fox News back. Well, what about Chicago, huh? What about black on black crime, which is a bullshit term, right? Black on black crime is such a bullshit term. And for y'all that don't think it's a bullshit term, explain why it's a bullshit term. There's no such thing as black and black crime. Oh, well, black people kill black people. Yeah, I get it. But that's how crime works. Like white people kill white people. Black people kill black people. It's not because uh, uh, it's this thing that's specifically different for us is that when there's crime that happens in crime-ridden areas, usually crime is associated with poverty and lack of opportunities, and those people are around each other, right? So the same way y'all will probably look at, uh, quote-unquote, the black projects, you know, say that with air fingers, trailer parks, quote-unquote, it's the same thing with white folks. Domestic disputes, shootings, fightings, <laughs> incest. And, and, I, and I'm saying this from the fact of, like, I've been doing... I was interviewed on NPR about this shit for being a crime blotter writer in my city for over a decade. I've written over 500 issues of a newspaper uh, for crime blotters, and I've done five an issue for the past 10 years. So that means that I've done over 3,000 entries of police reports that I've written about, and the stuff that I couldn't write about is a totally different story. You know what I'm saying? So that means that like I'm well-equipped to talk about this. I've seen the type of crime that happens in the city, and it's and it's and it's the same thing. It's like if there's a crime that happens in Beverly Hills, it's not a black guy going in to kill white people unless it's like OJ or something, right? Because as soon as that black guy tries to get into that area, he's not coming in there. You know, those fail safes to keep that guy out of there. So if this crime is going to happen, it'll be somebody that look like the motherfuckers that's in there. So that's exactly what what essentially crime is. But I say that to say, you know, with the Nipsey shit, the white people, that's what they're going to do. You talk about. Um, motherfuckers hating on hip hop, they're gonna be like, oh, well, there was some black person that killed Nippy. <laughs> Didn't they love him? You know? And that's, and it kills me because I am so sick of trying to win an argument. I am so sick of trying to win an argument. Like, I got a rule. I don't argue with niggas on Facebook. That's why I'm saying, like, the Juice World shit bothered me because somebody said that shit on Facebook and I didn't want to start no 
goddamn string of conversation with somebody that I don't know arguing about semantics that I don't think they give a fuck about. Like if there's if there's something I want to say, I got my own platform. I'll write a I'll write a fucking column or I have a podcast or I'll probably rub one out. <sighs> Damn. I was trying to make like no porn references in this episode I didn't win. But you know I think niggas are more into trying to win arguments and trying to fix shit and that gets really frustrating. Right? Like, niggas just want to pull statistics out and say some fly shit on Twitter um, as opposed to really looking at what the fuck is wrong, right? I don't know. I, I, I'm i glad that the last show I did is done. I'm glad that, you know, holidays are here. I'm about to shut a bunch of shit down and just be in the studio and finish this shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got some fly shit. I got some fly fucking shit. Matter of fact... I don't want to put one of these songs at the end. I probably did it before, um, but fucking, I'm gonna do it again. Uh, I was re-listening to uh, one of the records that I got with Tall Black Guy and Sky Zoo, and it's a dope record. I was rapping my fucking ass off on that record. So, um, speaking of like the year in review, go to Spotify, find that shit, type in Preach Jacobs. Go to go to motherfucking uh, uh, iTunes, type the name in, and do some shit. Like support your boy, and shout out to Tall Black Guy who got a really really dope. Um, project full of remixes and all that good stuff. And I think that's it because I'm about to try to watch this motherfucking Giants and Eagles game. Um, shout out to, uh, uh, what is it, FanDuel. I was number one in fantasy last night. Like number one out of 35,000 people. And I wanted some money, so it was pretty dope. So you know what I'm saying? I think I'm about to buy some coffee. But um, this is an Eagle League podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Home <laughs> in a cold Negro to save 10%. We're also sponsored, proudly sponsored by Down East Records. Go to downeastrecords.com or Down East Records on Instagram for your vinyl needs. Shout out to Matt Barube, which we'll have him on the Thelonious Drunk podcast coming up soon. So the way we're going to try to set it up is it's going to come through the Negro League feed. So you want to hear these Thelonious Drunk episodes, it's going to get sent to your feed uh, the same way. So thank you all for listening. We're also sponsored by, I can't do my Tussie jingle because my throat is fucked up. I can barely talk. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I love y'all. Talk to y'all soon. Yerp. I'll be touching you to you.